pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you've been having a comedy of errors day right now, whether that's also a week or a month, take heart. Because today's episode is all about, can we laugh about this? And yes, the answer is we can. You are listening to episode 130 with Mandy Winkleman, how seeking the light can change our perspectives. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to teach you how to take back your life and dare to progress towards bettering yourself honing your gifts, and using them for good in the world. Listen in to be inspired by others who are walking the same path of self-improvement paired with self-love, and to be a part of a community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. I'm so grateful you are here today. I know that life is really busy during this time of year, and what it takes to listen to a podcast I know the struggle and I appreciate that you are taking some moments out of your day to learn and to think and to grow from what we're going to talk about today. A few reminders before we jump into the interview. If you are ready to work on your own growth for free, join our work in progress private group on Facebook. You can find that by going to my about progress page on Facebook and you'll see on that page our private group called the work in progress group. You can request to be added to it and then you can participate. We are learning from each other. We are answering questions. We are seeking for um, guidance and support and it's been a really supportive group. And as you're contemplating your goals for the new year, if you or someone you know wants to start a podcast, have them reach out to me. I'm hoping to release an ebook soon on how to start a podcast. I'm almost done writing it. Um, And then it's going to take some time to get the design all centered away. But in the meantime, and also continuing on, I consult beginning podcasters and I've done many of them this year. And it is something I'm absolutely passionate about doing. To find more about what those consultations include, you can email me at packerprogress at gmail.com. And lastly, the doors for my progress program, which is small group growth coaching for women, will be opening again soon. So keep your eye out for that. The spots are extremely limited. I am telling you that the growth we have experienced together has been phenomenal. All the women that I had on my first month stayed for the second month. And that I think is the biggest testament to how this is influencing their life for good. You can find more information about the program on my website aboutprogress.com and on the menu, click on progress program. I want to dive in now to my interview with the amazing Mandy Winkleman. She is from Care Crates. We're going to talk about what that is. You will find out from Mandy how you really 
can see the light in the hard things in your life and how doing so and choosing to even laugh about it where possible will change your perspective on what is happening to you. I hope as you are going through the good and the hard that the holiday seasons can bring that you will remember what you've learned from Mandy in this episode because I learned so much and it was really, really fun to get to talk to her. I want to welcome Mandy Winkleman to the show. Hi, Mandy. Hello. So fun. We just were talking off the air and realized if it feels like we are have met in real life and are really real life we, good friends. And we, we are. Haven't. We just haven't really actually done The internet is crazy and I love it for people like you who I feel like I've really made a good connection and friendship with. And I'm sure there are thousands of people who feel that way about you, Mandy, because you just have this way of relating to everyone. For those who aren't familiar with you, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah, I'm Mandy Winkleman. I am the mother of six kids that were born in seven years. And I own a little company called Care Crate. I'm taking a hiatus from it set because of said six children. But <laughs> um, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Oh, my goodness. There's so much more, though. I mean, you... <laughs> I mean, you are hilarious. You are real. You are thought-provoking. Now, getting these six children was not easy. You've been through a lot to get there, right. although it sounds like, oh, six kids in seven years. No, no, no. It was not that simple. How right. about you tell us about why, you know, perhaps 10 years ago, where you were at in your life and what you imagined would be happening for you and how it turned out differently? I think 10 years ago is such an interesting time really to think back to because that is when my like vision was changing for our family because I, Bryce and I had been married a couple years. We were in the midst of our infertility battle mm -hmm. and I was like trying to cope with changing my view. I had always wanted a big family. I wanted five to the perfect amount was what mm -hmm. I thought. Yeah. Um, but we were just not getting any answers. We knew that I had endometriosis and PCOS, and but like nothing was working. Mm. And so it was just one of those times where I was trying to like, okay, it's time to deal with this. We might not get what we want. Like maybe yeah. I won't actually be able to be pregnant and experience those things for myself. Um, I started looking into like a whole lot of infertility stuff, started mm -hmm. looking into adoption, but I was teaching school at the time. Um, I taught sixth grade yeah. and it was like, oh, I guess I'm going to do this forever. Uh, and yeah. so um, I like, fine. I was like, okay. And I hadn't planned on that. I had always planned on being done and going home and being with my kids. So I didn't give as much effort as I really ought to have. But that's when that vision changed. Like all of a sudden mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to go get an endorsement. I'm going to get my master's. Yeah. I'm going to go wild with this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was what was so funny is then everything was like, wait a minute. No, no, go back to that first dream and you're actually going to get it. And more wow. was, you know, now I'm sitting here with six little children and I'm not teaching anymore. And I feel like that was the original dream. <laughs> yeah. So, so life yeah, is taking you wild. through like many twists and turns. Your your first pregnancy was with <laughs> yeah. twins. Your last pregnancy was also a surprise set of twins. I mean, not that you can plan <laughs> on that. 
Um, <laughs> a no. lot. Oh, of... heavens, no. Yes. How how have you how have you dealt with these twists and turns that I brought to you? Maybe you can give us an example of one of them too, and and what you did about it. I just think. I mean, at first, you know, all we wanted was a baby. When we found we had twins with our first set. I remember just weeping with joy and how excited I was <sighs> at that time. And then <laughs> flash forward seven years when we found out about Teddy and Lucy and I was happy. I like should clarify. I was really grateful, but I was scared to even have a fifth child at mm, that time. Yes. I remember just being terrified when I saw a positive pregnancy test, uh-huh. which was nothing I would ever have thought after years of infertility. Mm. And then when we went to that ultrasound and saw two heartbeats, I cried again. And it was more just, I was so overwhelmed. I did not think I could do it. I didn't Mm -hmm. think I could do it. I knew what would happen with pregnancy. I have incompetent cervix, which by the way is the meanest name anyone so could ever mean. give you for something yes my stupid cervix <laughs> so Dude. incompetent so but that means it's it's a it's really tricky right like you have to have a surgery yeah. part way through your pregnancy to yes. cl- right Every to like, keep everything to keep the babies in there <laughs> yeah so that was nerve-wracking the fact of having two babies was nerve wracking in addition to all the other crazies we had mm-hmm. and Bryce's travel schedule was getting out of control. I really just remember thinking I'm never going to survive this either. <laughs> I'm not going to make it through the pregnancy or I'm not, I just can't do this. And I think that's one of the, you know, there's only been a few times in my life where I feel like I actually can't do this. And that was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> but then like, I went home, I made about 500 lists of things that I needed to do to survive, mm-hmm. like things that needed to be cleaned in my house, things we needed, we needed a new car because ours wouldn't fit six children uh-huh. and all these things. And then we had to go back to make sure the heartbeats were there mm-hmm. about three days later. Mm-hmm. And I remember it suddenly like a shift happened in my mind, like, please let there be two heartbeats. Please let mm-hmm. there be two heartbeats because yeah. they were mine. And it just changed everything for me. And yeah. I really like took a step back, realizing how grateful I really was for that gift we were given. And oh, my goodness, now that they're here. Oh, what would I would have done without these babies they are the best things ever oh i can vouch for that they are darling but there is something so weird about how you don't know something is missing in your family until they are there and then suddenly totally imagine what the family was like before they were there so how has has it been it's been six months about right I sound like yeah, a stalker. I make six months, I'm like six months and three minutes. And... Someone overshares that person. <laughs> no, we had, our, <laughs> we had our babies around the same time, so that kind of helps. But tell us yes. about the transition to this and, and how you were able to go with the flow a little bit better than maybe you did. I mean, your first twins also had to be in the NICU for a while, right? Yeah, they were in the NICU for eight weeks. They were actually in oh, two wow. separate NICUs. Oh, my goodness. Because, yeah, Owen had that, um, his intestine burst. 
And so he was oh. life flighted from IMC up to primaries um, oh, and had to be up there, but they couldn't move Isaac with him because oh. it was full. So oh. it was crazy. And, you know, being introduced to motherhood that way yeah. was so, I, I didn't know what to do. I felt so like at a loss and that mom guilt was crazy. And the it was, it, yeah, that was really, really hard, the NICU was. And I was really nervous we were going to do that again, too. Well, oh, um, my goodness. I cannot imagine. Because I was one... on bed rest, too. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. It bed was rest? so scary. Oh. Yeah, yes. For, with them, weeks. with Isaac and Owen, I was on bed rest for um, four weeks. Because I was dilated to a two and 90% of face at oh, 26 wow. weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. And so they were like, um, we got to stop these babies from coming. Wow. But, okay. So all that. Yeah, that was scary. Because I did the picky with my, my baby right now for five days. Yes. And that was so hard. Eight weeks, no, two babies, two separate hospitals. I don't even, I don't even know. It was so, it was, it was really hard, but I remember thinking to myself at one, like I remember going, I had to be up at night pumping, you know, at my mm-hmm. house all mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. And I remember pumping and thinking like, I don't even have a baby here with me and crying my eyes out. And then all this and thinking like, why me? Everyone else has healthy babies. Why do I not get healthy babies? And then the next day we went and did uh, like church service at the hospital when we went to visit Owen at the children's hospital. And I looked around and suddenly had this like realization of, oh, my word, I would take my trial any day. These people, everyone had a far worse situation than I did. And it changed to instead of like the why me, like why am I the lucky one? Why did I get these babies, first of all? And why we're looking at, like, surgery and things, but we're going to be okay. So that changed my perspective right then and there forever. All right. There's this common thread in your stories of just shifting perspectives. I love yes. that you allow that to happen. Don't you think that is a big key, though, is you allowed yourself oh, to sure. see those? Oh, that's, yeah. that's incredible. I think you can block it off easy. Yes. Right? Then kind of think, instead get stuck in that why me and kind of appreciate that sadness. Because sometimes it feels good to cry. I like to cry. I yeah. cry a lot. I read really sad books all the time. <laughs> Just to cry. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, but that's different than like processing your emotions and like allowing them to be present mm-hmm. is is totally acceptable but allowing them to hijack your life is a whole different exactly all right so mandy teach us how how do we do that how are we able to allow that perspective to change and actually sink in and appreciate what we've got even when what we've got is difficult well i wish i was a professional at it i I think you've um, become a professional Well, I was thinking, I love, love the quote from Marjorie Pay Hinckley. uh, She says, the only way to get through life is to laugh your way through it. You either have to laugh or cry. I prefer to laugh. Crying gives me a headache. I love that so much. (laughs) 
And crying not only gives me a headache, but I get like rashes on my face when I cry. It's not pretty. I am not a pretty crier. So, I mean, that's the first thing. Think about your face. Just, Just think about your face. Um, <laughs> Think how you're going to look to other people. Um, (laughs) I I think that the main thing is to keep it all in perspective. With huge things, I mean, there is a very deep perspective, but sometimes you just got to sit down and cry. When your child's in the PICU, when Mm. that was the scariest experience of your life, I'm sure, sometimes we just sit down and have a good cry. But then... You can stop and think for a minute and realize, like, okay, in the, like, long run of things, where does this fit? And for me today, like, I swear that was what I had to keep saying to myself. We had a ton of first world problems today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Our bathroom flooded and oh, so our God. whole house, like we have to rip out carpet and drywall, oh, and it was just one of those moments. But I had six other people, like six little people in my house waiting for me to come down and give them dinner. Yeah. And I sat upstairs and I saw the flooded bathroom. I took a picture because that's what I do when something overwhelms me or is like horrible. I take a picture because I feel like, Hmm, this is, this will be funny in a minute. Yes. (laughs) And I'll look back on that picture and laugh then. Mm -hmm. But then I just thought like, okay, is this going to matter to me next month? No, it's going to hit our budget really bad. And it's a big pain, but it doesn't matter in the long, like run of things. Took a deep breath, went back downstairs, and got on with life. Mm-hmm. And I just think, like, that to me is how I just have to process everything. Or else everything's a big deal. <laughs> That's a big yeah. deal. Yes. Huh. But we also, I just, and then I came downstairs and turned on a song and we danced. <laughs> mm, I love that. So there's this thing about, okay, you got to process those emotions gotta gotta feel the feelings and then you've got to move forward yeah yes because i think a lot of people just feel like resentment and you know or sadness it's prolonged because they're not dealing with it (laughs) or guilt yeah Mm -hmm. or because it feels like you said it feels good to be a victim so i mean it feels good to cry when you need to cry but it also feels good to be a victim yeah, because then it's not things your fault. Mm-hmm. That feels real nice sometimes not to have it be your fault. Yeah. It's everything else's fault. But so much of life yeah, but is I unfair, think, so. Yes. And I also think that that's the trick is when you look around at other people, it gets so tricky that way. That comparison is the thief of joy is so true. Mm-hmm. In so many ways, though, if you look at other people and compare your life to other people's, it takes away from your joy. But it also, if you're like pulling other people down, if you're looking at people like, oh, they don't do that as good as me, I think mm-hmm. that's taking away from your joy, too. Yes. Don't worry about other people. Help other people. <laughs> Everything will get better from there. Oh, that's a good one. I love that. 
So let's contrast your transition then to these twins. I mean, because sometimes it has yes. it helps to have a lot of prep time where each time I've yes. had a child, I've tended to just feel all the fear, the anxiety, the stress, and the worry, the self-doubt before they come. And so when they come, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't as bad as I imagined. <laughs> I know that sounds <laughs> totally. terrible, but it no, helps me. No, it is so true. It's so eyes wide open yes swimsuit check sunscreen check phone charger check don't forget to pack the five hour energy it fits great in a pocket or carry-on and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything now get 20 percent off when you use code 5he travel at fivehourenergy.com expires april 30th one-time use only not valid with other discounts remember visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5he travel to save 20 percent because of infertility stuff like i loved pregnancy like i would eat it uh i seriously loved it until this one this one was really hard Mm -hmm. on my body it was hard on my like like mental state at times yes and that's the first time I've been like, oh, I don't so much love being pregnant. <laughs> this is not well, for two me. two babies is so hard. And I know you had to be yes. on a bed rest as well at the, at the end, right? Yeah. Almost well, the whole time I was on modified bed rest. The whole and then time. there were like intermittent weeks where I had to be on it completely. Wow. And, you know, it was a pain. Being a, 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 the mom of four on top of that. <laughs> it was easy. Yeah, I did a lot of Candyland. We played a lot of Candyland from my bed. I love that you did that. Okay, wait. So, so that was not fun um, (laughs) at all. (laughs) Tell us about getting into having these babies and just dealing with, you know, another, you're kind of facing your fears head on when you have a baby. Uh, There is no choice but forward. You know, the die has been cast and you need to move forward and embrace it. What helped you do that? I would say, you know, like as the pregnancy kept getting longer, I remember complaining to my sister once and mid-sentence, I suddenly went, I am such, like, I would have killed for extra weeks of pregnancy with Isaac and Owen. Mm -hmm. When I got robbed of my pregnancy at 30 weeks, I remember feeling so so sad and I really but I forgot about that Mm -hmm. mostly I was just like oh my word how am I still getting bigger (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I was I just remember thinking I am like 32 weeks pregnant two more weeks is huge in pregnancy and just pushing every week and trying to be grateful for every week and every pound the babies were putting on and every like bit of development that they were getting that was really helpful and like trying to get all my projects done and I kept like giving myself dates to look forward to like if we can make it to Thanksgiving they'll be this big you know and I can get this done and then it was okay if we can make it to our Christmas staycation that we always do then I can give the kids like the attention they need we can get through that then the babies can come Hmm. then it was oh let's get through Christmas and have a Christmas with the four kids and that like was a little carrot to dangle for me and made me, you know, really grateful for that time, that time to prep emotionally too, for what was coming and get my kids ready for what was coming. That was really huge. And then 
to have them come at 36 weeks and they were both healthy. That was, I just, that was really, I spent the whole day just grateful for that experience. Teddy had to go to the NICU for a tiny taste. And even then everyone was so stressed about how I would react to that. Yeah. I was like, Teddy's in the NICU. And she was like, are you okay? Like, mm-hmm. I got to see him when he was born. I didn't get to see Isaac and Owen when they were born. They just shoved him through a window. Yeah. And I got to, like, look at him and touch his face. And yeah. anyway, so from then on, I think my whole brain shifted. When we were in a hospital room and I got to have the babies in there with me, uh, I, it was heavenly. I just feel like heaven came that day and it has not left. Mm. So true. And you know what I love about this, though, is if they had been your first babies, I mean, maybe you would have been overwhelmed with how unfair it was that he had yes. to go to the NICU for a bit. Or maybe it would have been, yeah. um, it would have felt like an overbearing trial then, not to say that it w- wouldn't have been. But again, no, it's but perspective, totally. right? Yes. And just how different things would have been. Bringing home healthy babies was totally different than what and now I keep saying to people I used to think having twins first would be the easiest because you don't have other kids you don't know any different now I'm like oh my word having twins last is way more fun like an exclamation point my kids always have a baby like Mm. everyone's always wanting to hold a baby yes and I feel like I know my mothering now so it's so much more comfortable with myself as a mom this time that I'm like, oh, yeah, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, so <laughs> much of parenthood is that. letting go, right? Is gaining perspective yeah. of where you used to be, where you are, what really matters, what's worth letting go of. One of the things that I see such a big gift in you beyond this perspective piece is humor. You have you have such a good sense of humor. And, and, I, and I really think this is a choice for you. I think that you make this choice to see what's funny or what will be funny if it's not in the moment. <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. How, how did this come into play in your life? I mean, was this the, the way you were raised or was this like something, was this how you were born? Did you just come out this way? I think it's definitely a gift, you know, like I think I've always kind of been optimistic. Things usually seem pretty sunny to me. I can usually find the bright side of things. I think that definitely is a gift. My dad is the most optimistic human known to man. He had a really hard job and he had a really hard leadership calling. And I never remember him coming home and like really don't remember him having many bad days. He was always the fun guy. Um, but it wasn't like he was suppressing what was sad, you know, and I think that's important. I don't like hide what hurts me. I just deal with it and move forward and find another and dealing with it is through humor for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm kind of an insecure person, like there's so many things wrong with me, but I have a super self-deprecating humor. I'm very happy to laugh about myself and that's how I deal with it, though. It's not, you know, I just think when I make a silly mistake, I'd much rather laugh about it with somebody and point it out rather than, like, hide it and try to be like, oh, my gosh, that wasn't very perfect. 
Instead, I try to just embrace it. And I think it's really funny. I do a lot of really weird things. Okay. Well, that's what I love about you because I, for so many years, was totally the opposite. Like, hide anything that was wrong with me. And you're right. It's like right. so much, it's just so much a better way to live, to laugh at yourself. Right. Too. And I feel like it puts people at ease if, like, you know, if I say something to somebody that was stupid, I, instead of being like trying to cover it up, I always try and go, well, whoops, let's start over and <laughs> try this conversation all over again. Because then we can just laugh. But I do think, I also think it's important. I remember a piano teacher, like who I loved dearly, telling me like she felt my best quality was that I could always make her laugh, but I never did it at someone else's expense. Mm-hmm. And I like held on to that. I probably, I probably wasn't perfect to that, but that was something that I thought, oh my word, that is really important. That that's something I want to strive to be. I want to be that person she sees in me. But I never tear other people down as my joke. No, you don't. I just, and so that is something like that stuck with me forever. You know, when people think you're better than you actually are and it just makes you try and rise up to that occasion. That yeah. was one of those moments for me. Mm, that's so profound. Um, you know, I think what I was thinking about your dad is there seems to be a big key to just accepting that life is supposed to be hard and not yeah. in the pessimistic way, but just accepting like, whoa, life is going to be really hard that kind of frees you up to still being able to see the good in it instead of always wondering why. For sure. Yeah. I think, I think that it's realizing there's tough times and not even that those tough times are always going to, you know, sometimes you can find the silver lining. Sometimes you can't in that moment. Mm -hmm. There were things going through infertility. There were times where I was like, there is nothing good about this right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. But then we, like Bryce and I used to hide this creepy doll that would recite the Lord's Prayer in the weirdest <laughs> voice. <laughs> we used to hide it all around our house for each other to find. Like during the darkest days of our lives, that was like what we clung to. And it was so funny. I remember opening the fridge once and it was in like our Brita water <laughs> pitcher and just like, falling on the ground laughing that little doll just saved our lives it really things like that and we weren't forgetting what was happening it was still a really hard time Mm -hmm. but just a like a reminder that not to take yourself too seriously almost and that life is still good there's still joy in life Hmm. well we talked about this off the air how humor is so important in dealing with the trials we have but but a tricky thing about it is, is it doesn't change that life is still hard. And so the fact right. that you're able to find the joint, it doesn't still mean that you might not be having a hard time. I mean, you probably are still having a hard time, but how does it still shift things? Right. Oh, I just think, I think that sometimes we feel scared to find happiness, especially when you've gone through something truly hard, you know, when your child's in the hospital and things are really difficult, I think we're afraid to find joy because it feels like we're betraying that person or 
you know, not actually doing what we're supposed to be doing, right? We're supposed to be sad right now. Um, but that's not the purpose of life. And I think that joy not, you know, sometimes you can't laugh in those moments. Sometimes you can't turn on a song and dance. But you could find a way to smile at something. There's still things to bring you joy. Maybe a flower that you love. Plant a flower that you love or go buy them at the store. Or I'm a big fan of retail therapy, so we can't really talk about that because <laughs> it's not nice on my budget. But, like, I buy a lipstick that I love, and that will bring me joy in a moment. Or look at pictures of my kids. You know, I just think finding something to make you smile is going to – is not betraying anything. Yes. You're supposed to be happy. You're not betraying your hard by smiling. Right. By right. finding I something. You yeah. always make things sound better than I do. Mark. Oh, no. That was a <laughs> sore exactly attempt at that. exactly what I mean. I love that. Well, and I think almost it can be like finding someone to smile at. Yeah, and that is exactly... Honestly, for me, when we, I went through my first real hard time in my life, I mean, there's always things, but the hardest thing for me was infertility. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading an article by a woman who never was able to have her own children, never had children at all. Yeah. And she said that she decided one day her turning point was she sat down and thought, why do I want to be a mother? What qualities do I want to gain from motherhood? And the main one was selflessness. That's what she wanted to give herself to another person. And so she went and decided to develop that quality without children. And she went and became everyone's mother. You know, she did incredible things. And for me, that changed my mind forever. And I thought, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start serving those around me. And I'm not perfect at it. I'm not nowhere near her. She was an angel. But that changed my infertility journey from ever. From like from then on, it wasn't about me anymore. It was about helping other people. And that's what will bring you real joy. Not the lipstick, not the song. But looking outside of yourself and helping other people and seeing that there are so many people who need you and who need your cheer and your smile. Well, and that even applies, I mean, what she was saying, what she learned about herself about what she wanted in motherhood is so applicable to actual mothers, too. Because I think we we yeah. tend to blame our unhappiness on our kids. I mean, not to get that wrong. Totally. I mean, they are so, it's so hard. It is so difficult to be a parent, regardless of how many kids you have. It is so difficult. Yeah, if we're we're in it for them making us happy, it will never happen. Ever. Right. (laughs) So I I love that. I sometimes tell Bryce, like, I think of myself in, like, a job setting, because this is my job. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, if my boss were to come in and talk to me today about how I treated my fellow employees and how, like, I really start thinking about it. and like, I did not do a great job as, like, a boss of little people today. Mm -hmm. I have got to step it up tomorrow. Yeah. And really, like, that is, we are here to set the tone, the environment. There are people in workplaces who are supposed to set the tone right for their job and create the culture 
that's my job. I have to create the culture in my house. Mm. Oh, I've been thinking about that in a different kind of like wording because mine was just more like yes. um, model happiness is something I learned from Ralphie Jacobs of Simply on Purpose. Yes. And I've just been thinking, yes. man, there really is so much power in choosing what your environment is going to look like, <sighs> you know, for yes. the whole family. And we have so much power yeah. in our, yeah, in our home as a mom that, I mean, it's scary mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes, but yeah, I can wake up and change the culture in a second. For good or for bad. Mm-hmm. We could have had oh, the wow. worst day ever with how I reacted. It would, Like if I had to reacted today. differently to this flood in our house today, yeah. it could have changed our whole day. Yeah. But okay. luckily I kept it together. Andy, oh my goodness. I have loved this. I've learned so much from you. There are so many takeaways. And wow, you, you are incredible. And I love that you are able to have that perspective and to choose it and to choose the humor and the light and the service you can give to others. And on top of all this, I'd like to hear what you've learned about yourself the past few years that might be funny or not. (laughs) Tell us about that. I think the thing I've learned the most is that I actually do like surprises. I am a creature of habit. I like the same menu item. I like, my house. I like to be home. I'm very homebody person. I like things to stay the same. And over the past few years, nothing has stayed the same. Mm -hmm. We got a random job offer to move to Ireland. We had our second set of twins. Like things just keep surprising me. And I'm always surprised at how much I love it. I think like Woohoo! Throw me all the surprises. I guess I really shouldn't yeah. say that. I'm yeah. teasing myself. Like I don't mean it. I don't want triplets. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, no triplets. Uh, <laughs> but I really just think surprise, like life surprises, have ended up being the best things that have happened to me. So turns out I like them. Oh, so incredible. Mandy, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I'll make sure to put in the show notes a link to your website and to your Instagram. You definitely need to follow Mandy because she just will make you smile and also see like we're all in this together. So thanks so much, Mandy. Oh, thanks, Monica. So fun talking to you. What a great chat with Mandy. I am telling you guys, I think I have the best job in the world. I get to learn alongside you from fantastic men and women who have changed my life for good. And I hope with all the biggest hopes of my heart that it is doing the same for you. I have big plans coming for us in the new year. And I hope you stick with me friends because these changes I'm in the process of making are all tailor designed for you. My biggest intent in doing this show is to help you change your life right alongside me. So let's start the countdown for the new year and the changes for ourselves and the podcast and many other things that are coming. Thank you for being here and supporting me and the people that I have on the show. I'll see you next week. And until then, remember life is about progress, not perfection.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.